Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to another haunted episode of Unnatural. Spook Spook Edition. As Emily is using her makeup remover. Well, you know. (laughs) It's okay, we can multitask on this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Now, I would encourage you not to multitask when I tell you this story. Or maybe you should, Emily, because it could be a little spooky for you. We've been looking for signs of supernatural beings for thousands of years. It's almost as if we inherently want to believe some of these stories because it makes us feel less alone. But what if some of them aren't just folklore? What if they're not superstitions? What if they're actually true? So, are you familiar with the term lycanthropy? Yeah. Werewolfism. Yeah, basically. It's defined by Encyclopedia Britannica as follows. So, it's described as a mental disorder in which the patient believes that he or she is a wolf or some other non-human animal. Undoubtedly stimulated by the once widespread superstition that lycanthropy is a supernatural condition in which men actually assume the physical form of werewolves or other animals, the delusion has been most likely to occur among people who believe in reincarnation, the trans, uh, transformation of souls. Usually, a person is deemed to take the form of the most dangerous beast or prey of the region. The wolf or the bear in Europe and Northern Asia, the hyena and leopard in Africa, the tiger in India, China, and Japan. Well, we are heading to Europe where, as we mentioned, it is known as a wolf. And the legend of the werewolf goes all the way back to the days of ancient Greece and Rome. Some of the earliest writings on the subject were from the Roman author Petronius, who wrote about a man cursed by lycanthropy, turning into a shape-shifting wolf who would prey upon his victims at night. Tales of the werewolf were most common in Europe in the 16th and 17th century. It's around the same time as witch hysteria kind of was at its peak. Yeah. In fact... Some people were even accused of being both witches and werewolves. At the same I guess time? people couldn't make up their minds. They were like, oh, she's a witch. She's a werewolf. Whatever she is, burn her at the stake. Yep. So, Emily, in honor of Haunty Spook Spook season, this is one of the most famous werewolf stories in history. Back to October of 1764 in the province of Jevoudan in the Kingdom of France. 
So this was a mountainous area with a small population of scattered villages and farms. Little did the residents know at the time that they would be subjected to a ravenous killer waiting for the most opportune time to attack. Now, Emily, the residents in the villages of Jevudan began whispering to each other of a great beast they would see roaming the countryside at night. A beast that had the outward appearance of a wolf, but was much larger. They say that it could jump walls as high as 10 feet, and even some claimed that it could run on water. So I guess we're talking like a Jesus wolf. Yeah. Or something. Makes sense. Some of the survivors would later describe it as a creature with shiny eyes that they would often see walking on its hind legs. Mm. It most often would creep up on its victims as they were bringing in their sheep herds from pasture late at night. Unlike most wolves who would go after the sheep themselves, this wolf had a taste for human flesh. So much so that there were in total 210 attacks. 113 of these attacks resulted in the deaths of local villagers. Now, it took a while for people in France to notice that they had this beast on their hands. Wolf attacks were common in the country. And if you lived in the rural parts of France, it was just kind of an everyday part of life. But this wolf was different than any other, as it was targeting humans on purpose. Mm. The attacks began earlier that summer. Two teenagers and the shepherd they were assisting were found dead and mutilated along the French countryside. The locals didn't think too much of it at the time, but then it kept happening again and again and again. Most of these attacks were on women and children. Rude. But... uh, (laughs) Right. Was it sexist? Sexist? I don't know. (laughs) Jinx. This is the story of the sexist werewolf. I mean, they're usually men, aren't they? I don't think they're female werewolves that, that I've ever came across. So, yeah, Have they come probably are sexist. a lot of male werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like in my reading and in movies and stuff. Um, There's lots of girly wolves, girly werewolves, werewolfettes, if you will. Werewolfettes? Hmm. I'd like to get my hands on a werewolf at. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I'd be bitten to shreds. Um, yeah. But the manner that these women and children were killed in was something that wasn't seen among wild animals, as many of them were attacked in the head and the throat area. Mm-hmm. And they were also decapitated. You don't see a lot of animals decapitating people. No. At least in my experience. It also began grabbing children and taking them away in its jaws with the children never to be seen again. And firearms did exist during this time period, but they were pretty rare in this area, especially in like the rural parts of France. So most of the villagers only had pickaxes, shovels, that sort of thing to defend their families. Nevertheless, Something had to be done about the beast, so they took it upon themselves to kill the creature 
who they now simply referred to as the Beast. But the wolf remained elusive. In fact, the killings grew worse and worse. At one point, there were eight attacks in eight days alone, with four of them being fatalities. Two of the victims were decapitated and two of them were completely ripped to shreds. This was around the time that King Louis XV got involved. He made a decree saying that the French army would help slay the beast. He appointed some professional wolf hunters to the task who collected descriptions and used maps to find the beast. But for three long months, it eluded the hunters. Once their captain even had it in his sights, but he was spooked by his soldiers and the beast got away. I know. Even the cat's like, what the fuck's going on with this beast? Kill the beast. Eventually, the army gathered all of the peasants around the area, which was around like 20,000 people, right? And they gave them orders to march into the woods with their pickaxes and their shovels and to scare the beast out of the woods so it could be shot. But apparently it slipped past the lines and kept on its killing ways, ripping out the throats of unsuspecting women and children, leaving their bodies behind and taking their heads. Oh, my God. There were a few instances where some of the peasants came actually close to killing the beast themselves. One local boy attacked it with his bayonet as it tried to carry off his friend, saving his friend's life. Oh my God, a little hero baby. And around this time, news of the beast was kind of everywhere throughout France. So being the politician he was, King Louis XV gave the boy a substantial reward and even sent him to the finest school in Mm. the country at the crown's expense. Another one of my favorite stories about the beast was a pregnant woman became a national hero by fighting it with her bare hands as it was attempting to run off with her six-year-old son. Yes, queen. She eventually stabbed it in the chest and it ran away with the lance still stuck in its chest, but apparently it survived. Well, you know, these are clever beasties. Apparently he was. Or she. The French army began trying anything they could to kill this beast, including leaving out poisonous meat, using bodies of the latest victims as bait, and they even dressed up some infantrymen as women in order to lure the beast in for a kill. None of that worked, though. Of course not. So King Louis was getting desperate. As he was being mocked in the press. Did all of this like always happen under the full moon? No. It, and that's what I was looking for. I, I, that's, you know, that's kind of the mythological part of werewolves. This seemed to be more of a random type of killing. Mm. Mm-hmm. You seem skeptical of the beast. Mm. Don't be skeptical just- of the beast. <laughs> I will unleash the beast. All right. I'm taking it all in. All right. You know? I'm forming my opinions as we go.
Are you intrigued by the dark side of things like murder, kidnapping, and sex cults? What about when the criminal is your favorite musician or actor or director or writer? Hollywood might look like all glitz and glamour until you take a closer look. But I'll tell you one thing, that kind of point of view can make you more vulnerable. From Roman Polanski to Mackenzie Phillips to Judith Barsi to Kurt Cobain, some are predators and some are prey. I'm Dee Dee West, and I just might ruin your childhood. Follow my podcast, Broken Limelight, where I cover celebrity true crime stories. For more information, visit BrokenLimelight.com. Again, that's Broken Limelight. Follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. So King Louis was being mocked in the press from as far away as London and Boston for basically being an idiot who wasn't able to kill the beast. So at this time, he decided to send out his own personal gun bearer, Francois Anton, along with a party of hunters and even the king's own hunting dogs to track down the beast. Francois found more success tracking the animal than his predecessors did. And in September of 1765, his moment arrived. He sent his hunting party out to chase the animal out of the woods. He was armed with his musket and a large knife. So the wolf eventually emerges from the woods. And they described it as the size of a large donkey much more fierce than a donkey, but that's how big this thing was. Francois quietly armed his rifle and aimed it at the beast, but the noise was enough to alarm it. Dummy. It turned its head and spotted the hunter and immediately began charging towards him, its giant fangs shimmering like mini daggers in the moonlight. The moonlight, you just said it. (laughs) Full moon, probably. Francois quickly fired and landed a clean shot with his musket ball hitting the beast in the eye. It staggered and slowly fell to the ground. He walked up to the beast to inspect his kill, when suddenly it rose from the ground and charged once more. Of course it did. Francois, having only a single fire musket, didn't have time to reload and was about to be the latest victim of the beast when out of nowhere, one of his hunters emerged from the forest and shot it until the beast was finally dead. Francois had the beast skinned and took it to his French king. But oddly enough, most of the people in the king's court were kind of less than impressed with the beast because of all of the mythological tales being told around the country. The animal had become kind of a legend. Yeah. But when it was finally seen up close, most were disappointed that it was, in fact, just a wolf. A large wolf, but nothing more than a wolf. And that's the tale of... Oh, wait, that's not the tale, because the killings kept happening, Emily. However, King Louis swept it under the rug because he had gotten so much good press from his own man killing the beast that he didn't want anybody to know that, oh, shit, this beast isn't actually dead. 
the killings went on for another year and a half until finally one of the peasants shot and killed the beast himself. But again, the French government was like, no, 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 no. That beast was already dead. So the guy never got any credit. This was just his brother. Yeah. So what was the beast? That's what people have been asking for a few hundred years now. And most experts say that, well, it wasn't just one wolf. It was probably dozens and dozens of wolves as wolves were running rampant throughout the French countryside in the area. And there were probably just an abundance of wolves around that time. Yeah. And the pack was probably learning that it could kill humans Mm -hmm. until we killed most of them. So the beast was probably plural beasts, but still over a hundred people in a year and a half kind of scary stuff. Yeah. Not for me. I, I wish it was a real werewolf. That's all I got. That's the story of the beast of Jevudan. Dun, dun, dun. Guys. And gals. And ghouls. My friends. My sweet little unnaturalists. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you getting creepy with our listener? <laughs> <laughs> because I want my something sweet, from them. Sweet unnaturalists. My precious. Have you watched the new Hocus Pocus? No, I haven't. The fuck? Dude, I'm busy watching the Lord of the Rings show and House of the Dragon. Hocus Pocus. Is it good? Because I've heard mixed things. I mean, it's just about as tacky as the first one. Okay. The ending made sense, but was also kind of lame. Did they set themselves up for another sequel? No. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. Yep. I saw that it was the highest streamed movie in the history of Disney. That was surprising. Well, probably because all of the fucking millennials love Hocus Pocus. We've been waiting for this for like 30 fucking years. Yeah, right. I need to watch that new Star Wars show, too. I heard it was good. Andor. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I got to watch. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've been rewatching True Blood. True Blood. Wow. Yeah. Going way back. Yeah. Well, it's the time of the year. It is. Vampires. Alexander Skarsgård. I fucking love him. <laughs> I even love him in that um, other show on HBO. What's it called? Um, but where he's like a really, really bad guy. Like he beats the shit out of his wife. He raped a girl and got her pregnant. He died at Did the you- end. Did you ever watch that show, The Leftovers? I was... Yeah, I I watched, like, the first two seasons, I think, but I just really, like, like I just... I guess it ends really well, though, because I watched the first couple episodes, and for whatever reason, I... But I was reading a list, and it it was, like, doing the greatest shows in the history of HBO. Uh Uh-huh. And there have been a lot of great ones, and, like, Game of Thrones was, like, number three... And number three. The, lef- well, the leftovers was number two on the list. And I was like, What's Whoa. number one, Westworld? 
know Sopranos. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot Sopranos was HBO. But I really want to get into Westworld, but I just did. Did you ever see the first season? Yeah, first season is amazing. Like the first season of Westworld is probably one of my favorite seasons ever, and then season two. They they lost me in season two. Oh my god! Like it was so fucking different because I think what happened was they they left the park too soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like they should have like stayed within that part of the park. And I guess like season three and four kind of gets better, but I don't know. We need a segue into the socials. Segue us. So if you ghouls and gals want more stories of the unexplained, paranormal, or weird, you should go over on to our social media pages and see what everybody else is talking about. Yeah, you can do that on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod, Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast, Facebook, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast. You can also send us an email with your own spooky stories or ideas of spooky things that we should look into and talk about, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, please be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, share us with your friends. We will talk to you next week with more Haunty Spook Spook coming at you for the month of October. So stay spooky, stay safe, make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. What are you doing? I'm making it creepy. You're just making it weird. (laughs) What if they're not superstitions? What if they're actually true? Statue. Oh my god. What if they're actually statue? (laughs) What does the statue even mean? I don't know. As follows. Sin. Sin. (laughs) What is that app called again? Ghost app? I'm going to have to get that. Ghost tube. Ghost tube. So it's defined as a mental disorder in which the patient... Did you see that? Did I see what? Do you see what's happening? I see you're pixelating again. (laughs) Kind of creepy. Yeah. Well, someone's apparently behind me. They were wondering who we were talking about when we were talking about Bloody Mary last week. Now we've got Statue and Sin so far in this episode. Yeah, it's it's a little more, more vocal this week so far. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it likes me very much. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Ghosty, do you not like Andy? I do not. Fuck him. Oh my god, Ghosty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell me how you really feel. Cock a demon. <laughs>